Dog Zone 9000, the 1900 Hot Dog Podcast. We are the last comedy website. Go to our Patreon. It's how we make money, and it's the only ethical way left. Patreon.com slash 1900 Hot Dog. Dial in for laughs. I'm TV's Sean Baby from the internet. My co-host is sexbeard.com's runner-up for the win a dream date with Chuck the Iceman Liddell sweepstakes, the great Robert Brockway. Oh, always a Chuck Liddell bridesmaid, never a Chuck Liddell bride story of my life. Uh, here's a Brockway fact. Twice now, I have successfully pitched spinoffs of existing properties that have instantly, completely destroyed the entire company that I pitched them to. Twice. <laughs> no follow-up questions. Uh, I wouldn't have any. Uh, our returning guest, you might remember from Web 1.0's The Ultimate Bad Candy website. He's my longtime pal, Bad Candy Mark Mahoney. Welcome back. Hey, living proof that anybody can be on a podcast. <laughs> it's true. Uh, didn't you? Didn't the first time he specifically asked you not to mention that? <laughs> Please don't introduce me like that. That's right. That's I right. Last time we talked about you, people in the Discord remembered Bad Candy. Like it, it's people have oh, a yeah. longer memory than we give them credit for. Yeah, yeah, fondly. And I've actually talked to people in there about it. And, uh, you know, if not fondly, at least with forgiveness. They, they sure they mentioned it's. Yeah, you yeah. know, I. I don't, I'm not embarrassed of it, but it's like also, it just feel it was a GeoCities website, man. Like, but yeah, I mean, you it's got hard to do anything. Memory. Yeah. Wild yeah. West. I was a Fortune City website and look at me now, my own podcast. Oh, I was a live journal. <laughs> <laughs> different, different generations. I've never gotten over it. I have in my notes, I wanted to banter about something. Are you guys playing uh, Remnant 2? I haven't started yet. Oh, no, I don't I, even know what that is. Oh, oh, fuck. You'd love it so hard. It's, so it's it's a Lost Souls kind of clone, but with guns. And uh, the first one was just like super good, but kind of had sort of a generic uh, design sensibility. Like people would look at this game and be like, oh, yeah, that's Dark Souls with guns. I'm not very interested. But it was like weirdly amazing. The second game, they have like a budget and they put together this, this fucking perfect video game. So uh, it's like post-apocalyptic. There's lots of weird mysteries. I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but it's, it's a randomly generated like worlds. And so it's kind of hard to just go on the internet and like map shit out. So it's like, you're sort of forced to solve all these mysteries on your own. It's like this, this perfect modern video game that like, um, how do I explain it? You know, when you like, ask somebody to do a destiny boss with you. And like you say, okay, you got to go watch this 90 minute YouTube video. And then they come, yeah, and you got to do it like 11 or 12 times. And it just fucking sucks. The yeah. bosses in this game are twice as interesting as the destiny bosses, but also like pretty intuitive. So like once you look at them once you're like, okay, I got it. Let's we, everyone has some ideas. And so it's just really fun game to, to, to discover. So if you haven't played remnant two, just, just jump in and start fucking around. It's also, um, Unlike Destiny, it's kind of easy. Like, uh, I, I don't want anyone to get turned off by the Dark Souls thing. It's like, it, basically, you have a dive roll, and that is sort of what links it to that other game. And, like, sort of the weirdness of it. Um, anyway, right. yeah, I, that I can't say enough nice things about it. The vibes of it were strange. Like, what little I've seen, I was like, this has a strange, distant appeal. Um, and then the guns. I, I like, I'm always a sucker for a shooter. Yeah, I'm looking for a Destiny replacement, sure, because I'm washed the fuck out of Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's not... playing that anymore. 
I, I haven't. I, I, I stopped sometime mid last season and I don't know what it was, but just like somebody cut the cord inside of me. I just had like no like interest in ever going back. I, I heard, I heard there was a, there was the fishing mini game. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody was making a joke and then like, some, like I saw his news story. I was like, what the fuck? That's, no, that's it's, really what it's we're doing. Real, and it's, it's, it's tied to some kind of like important exotic quest line where you like have to fish for like an hour <laughs> or two. Yourself. Absolutely uh, fuck yourself, Destiny. We're actually going to playing gonna and there's an underwater level. Jump it. <laughs> oh, so it's echoed the dolphin now too i'm so glad we're doing <laughs> destiny talk again we haven't oh, lost the entire audience immediately in, in a while yeah. <laughs> it has been a few weeks since you've brought it up though i'm impressed yeah it's been i, know, it's been I hardly months. ever think about uh, it i was playing diablo but they kept every time they do a patch on diablo they make the game just like four percent less pleasant and right. i don't think yeah. this is a unique opinion like most people are like oh this all of this sucks this is all bad news and, uh, yeah, it sounds like I certain think, characters you just can't play them anymore. Like, they yeah, just, you can't. I think that's why I brought up how like, like remnants easy. It's like I feel like Blizzard and Bungie have this design philosophy where the only people they talk to are the top one percent of the players, and so they're like, "How's the new raid?" They're like, "Oh, it's too easy," and then they say, "Okay, cool, we'll make it harder." And then you, they've made this game that I would say forty percent of the content no one will ever see, just because yeah. like you're just not going to get through it. I mean, I've been on on raids with you Brockway where I'm like, Oh, look at this fucking jumping puzzle guys. Go get a cup of coffee. I got to fucking figure out which jet pack to use. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we've sat, we've sat atop a bell a mile away and just laughed as this little pixel falls to its death yeah. over and over and over and over. And I'm like pretty fucking good at video games. So sometimes when I'm playing destiny, I'm like, who is this for? <laughs> this first person first person platforming puzzle yeah you're telling Bitch, me that's a bad idea you want me to jump did on you, like a... <laughs> did, did you guys play destiny i guess it was around the era of the forsaken expansion when they had the um whisper of the worm secret mission yeah it was 100% just fucked up level geometry, and there was like a 20 minute timer to finish the level. And if you missed it, it was, you had to sit around and wait for it to come back again. That's oh, how I got good at jumping puzzles, was yes. bashing yeah, my head against it. that. I kind of like, I kind of loved that. I don't know why. I missed that. <laughs> I wish you could bring it back just to show Sean so that he could have some sort of rage aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's not only a jumping puzzle but everything's like fucking diagonal in a way that you can't see until you bounced it, off it to your death the level spins literally yeah. the first 10 minutes just trying to push you off of the edge of everything it's infuriating <laughs> i would hate it so it much the worst you would <laughs> it truly was terrible anyway i'll get to remnant 2 in uh when i'm finished with zelda which will be 2025 i think yeah zelda's too much yeah it's so much game. So 200 hours of toy, 500 hours of game. I just quit. Once I saw like the scale of it, I'm like, nope, I just don't have time for this. I got <laughs> a new baby. I wish I had gotten out. <laughs> yeah, I can't I'm imagine still, I'm still being in. confronted by that game with a newborn. That's that's too much. Yeah. No, I'm a Remnant 2 man. You can play Remnant 2 15 minutes and see mysteries beyond reason. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds uh, nice. But uh, I've got the brain poison, so I have to finish this. Okay, yeah. I, no, I finished it. it. It is great. It's great. The ending is is really good. Um, that that, that there's an ending. Yeah, yeah. When you choose to, and and that was the thing. I was like, 
I realized I was about to finish it and I set one of those uh, uh, movable travel points and just left for like 20 something more hours. And it wasn't until I was just like, I had one day where I was like, I don't know, I was trying to kill something and I was like, realized like, I'm not having as much fun right now. I'm just going to finish the game and then come back. Um, and so I finally beat it and it's good. It's good. Right. It's it's and worth seeing. Never over come back. Yeah. It's like this I, yeah, and Elden Ring wrong. are just yeah. like, they're, they're so massive. I have, I've had a great time. I'm super impressed. I will never touch it again. Yeah, once I'm done, totally. like once I'm done, like the part of me that understands life will just look at that and be like, oh, no, danger. We know this danger. We ate we <laughs> ate those berries. Those berries are bad. But then there's like have I, have you, have Starfield played, uh, and Baldur's Gate 3. Like, they're, I feel like nerds aren't going to have any free time for like new berries. five months. Have yep. you have you played uh, Dave the Diver yet? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, I think it's Steam only right now. I've been playing on my Steam Deck. It's um, you're this like, like, heavier, like, guy. Guy is a professional diver. No one has any respect for you. And the game loop is basically like go diving for fish in the morning, which is just sort of like in your this two dimensional kind of pixelated space. You aim your harpoon, you fire it, and you grab fish until you can't carry any more. And then you go up, and then you run a sushi restaurant at night. So it's part. Sushi okay. restaurant, like restaurant. Uh, I'm seeing the Elden Ring link. I get, I get why you brought <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, that's the next season of Destiny. I get you. The, the ocean part, it's it's uh, randomly generated, like the layouts and different events, okay. and it does a really good job of kind of layering on gameplay elements as you go. I'm maybe like 15 hours in and still really enjoying it. And it's like you know, like a 10, 15 dollar game. Okay, highly so, recommend it. All right, I'll check it out. So you're, you're, you're saying it's heavier, heavier diver. He's got like a weight problem. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's bullied he's by that. Guy. Oh man. People bring it up and it's, it's a game. I believe it's out of South Korea. Uh, okay. They don't always, yeah. Deal with, with everything. That's a big issue Delicate. in South Korea. Uh, overweight divers. <laughs> yeah. Like someone's got to make a game out of this. Just to process the <laughs> national pain. Uh, last week we did. <laughs> We did Baywatch, uh, and it yeah, was crazy. I haven't listened to it yet, but I was really excited to see we're doing yeah, this in the it's, proper we're order. We're doing a whole theme uh, theme month, I guess. Theme two weeks, Fortnite. Uh, so <laughs> we we all agreed it was crazy. Like the pacing of Baywatch was just like an onslaught. Seven hundred things happening. You never know which one was the main plot until the end, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, remember that one thing? That's that's the one we're talking about." So it's like maximum cocaine energy, but without the restraint of the eighties. But this right. week we're talking about Baywatch Nights, which is all restraint, still too much cocaine, but a very, very different vibe. Um, it's a lot of people probably know this. Not, it's all, sort of not like, all restraint. I like. Uh, yeah, I, I like that they kept. They kept the 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 philosophy of uh, we don't really have to finish this plot. We can start a plot, okay, sure. and then just walk away. I suppose like, you're consistency. Right. But for the most part, it's kind of just the one thing that happens. And there's like little threads that sort of fray off, but not like regular Baywatch. It's just like, hey, I found this lost kid. Oh, there's a bomb inside them. Oh, the bombs are filled with snakes. You're like, Jesus, slow the fuck down. Like, um, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that again. Here's Jeff Altman doing, right. a, doing a wacky voice. Uh, anyway, Baywatch Nights, it should be like really sexy, right? Because they added the word nights to a thing that's already known for its swimsuit models. And my brain still falls into the trap when, when I hear Baywatch Nights. I'm like, 
oh, sexy. And I know what it is. I know it's like a like a geriatric X-Files thing. But um, I don't know. Right, but I hear Baywatch but, Nights. And like, I'm like, like Red sexy. Shoe Diaries. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, totally. Baywatch Nights is like bikini Saturdays at the titty hole. I mean, we, I don't know what, we, I don't are, know I'm really based. sleepy. Try a new wet thong buffet. We're open Sundays. We're near the airport across from Titty Hole Nights, which is a crafting store and notary. Uh, I don't know. We have, we have part of I'm our so identity sleepy. tied up into that misunderstanding. Like That's we have true. saved our nights, our nights theme song just for sexy stuff. And that has never been true. It's based on something that was not ever a truth. <laughs> what I was when I first when I first heard your your Baywatch Nights inspired theme song, I was very excited because Shauna had talked about Baywatch Nights like mm-hmm. months ago, and I was it was intriguing because I realized like oh they actually used the the theme song from season one, which we should probably talk about. I sure. don't know actually yeah. how where are you all of how drastic the tonal shift is in Baywatch Nights between season one. That's my favorite and- part. I love it so much for that reason, for the reason that they just had no idea, no plan and no commitment. I love that the specifically the no commitment where they're just like, you know what? We're just going to play it loose. We're uh, we're going to be we're going to start off just being detectives, just being like cool beach detectives. And maybe there are monsters now. I don't know. Fuck that last thing I said. They literally (laughs) threw away 90 percent of the cast from the first season. They tossed that theme song right in the garbage. And they then they just said, what if we made shitty X-Files? Yep. And this is like, I think this was probably season seven of Baywatch, which was, I guess, at that point, probably near the peak of it's like, it was like the most viewed show on television ever. Yeah, it was huge. And this popular. is the exact opposite of that. Like, yeah, I, nothing I, is I've ever never left watch on TV. I had never watched it until uh, prepping for this podcast. Yeah, I, so when I, when I decided we'd fin, my wife and I had finished Baywatch, I was like, well, we have to watch Nights. This sounds insane. I wound up buying it on a DVD, PAL formatted DVDs from Germany. Yeah. Um, because they were the only people making, actively selling new copies of, of this, this show. You can't stream it anywhere. I'm, I'm sure there's bad YouTube rips probably, right? There were, I found them, uh, but I preferred yours because I liked the German subtitles. Like, the first one we're going to talk about is called Night Whispers, but in German they called it Vampirgeflüster. 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 That's a better name. <laughs> and then I was I was hoping against hope. I know it defies logic, and this isn't the way reality works. But I was hoping they would have a German version of the theme song on that file, and I saw there were German subtitles. No. Like, oh, sweet. No, no. Unfortunately, everything is exactly the same. But I do you love know. season two. The theme song is just like the little synth music uh, and the saxophones. And then at the end, it's just David Hasselhoff going, nights will never be the same. And I think uh, <laughs> I think it's just really it's funny just like thing to say. Music <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yeah, it like, sounds like the ending like, of a song he only released in Germany. It's like, hey, <laughs> disco love, disco love. Nights will never be the same. And they're like, Ooh, just take that. <laughs> and it's just like that's just the, like that's how they came up with the idea for the show. It's a, an it's adaptation of a Hasselhoff dance remix. Just like a tree with a crow in it and like a skull, and then he's yeah. just like striding through the fog for literally the entire credits towards you. It's fucking now, wild. I have a theory you might be able to verify. I think most of the clips they use in the credits are um, filmed specifically for the credits, not taken from episodes. 
I agree. I don't okay. remember most of those moments. Cause like, it'll just be like, episode. like a taxidermy dog head. And it'll just sort of like the right. camera will float around on it. And you're like, I think that couldn't have been part of an episode. Like that was, you don't remember the taxidermy, head. the one where they fight a taxidermy dog. <laughs> right. My favorite episode. And then this show just it's stops very for erotic. eight seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, so we, we did want to talk about two episodes just to sort of uh give an example of how how crazy the show is in multiple directions after it had already lost its mind so the first one we're talking about is van pergefluster um and it's got like it starts with a slinky lady and she's like rubbing a glass tumbler on herself while she kisses flowers which right off the bat and this is the first Baywatch Nights things I'd ever seen. It's just like, this is someone trying to do sexy who just has no idea what that means. Like she's it, it's soap opera sexy. Yeah. It's, it's very, I've never like, seen the flower. I know all the, sh- <laughs> the visual shorthand for like sexy in the nineties. Believe me. I know that it was how I got through puberty. I've never seen anybody tongue kiss a flower. <laughs> like, no, that's not quite it. Let me rub this yeah. tumbler across my upper chest. No, that's not quite it. Let me put on my negligee cloak. <laughs> yeah, that cloak so that cowl was actually pretty sweet. It was pretty yeah, sweet, she but it was negligee. Cool. She had a, she had, she had lingerie cloak. That she put on, yeah. It it all, all right. it all has this the stink of weirdness. Like she has this glass of champagne, she's trying to drink it all sexy. So she goes out on the balcony and pours herself some more. But she pours it like half. She already has a full glass, so she pours just like a half an inch. And I'm just, I just love that kind of detail. That kind of the set designer and the the director just kind of get together and say, let's let's just subtly tell everyone we're insane. Let's just fucking <laughs> get real fucking yeah, stupid it- weird with it. Yeah, if it was uh, filmed now, I'd almost say it has like the stink of AI on it. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really does. Uh, like so she, everything's like a little off. Yeah, and speaking of a little off, like she has like vampire superpowers, so she can hear stuff, and she's like listening to this. Like, I guess she's the main character of the show. I didn't know at the time. I thought she was a completely random jogger, just fucking complaining just oh i hate jogging like she complains for like two miles straight and we watch every step of it and and that's like triggering her vampire hunger she's like oh i'm gonna fucking eat that that upset lady uh (laughs) so she dives off the balcony and this is this feels like it's meant to be a big reveal but like i knew she was a vampire the second i saw her haircut and outfit and the enigma lingerie cloak yeah i'm like this is a vampire uh, if, if your lady, if to, if at any point you're getting sex and your lady puts on a see-through cloak, get the fuck out of there. That is a vampire. That no, is... no human would freshen her champagne like this. Vampire. Before you've even noticed you can't see her in the mirror, you already knew. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Uh, before we get to that, though, she, she like jump scares a different jogger off of a bridge. And then uh, the complaining lady finds his dead body and the vampire lady's like smirking from the shadows. And uh, I'm making that sound like it's sane, but it's all, it's all, I guess this is, it, it made me sort of feel like this was a show for babies. Like uh, they want us to like figure out she's a vampire without saying she's a vampire. And so the next 10 minutes are just like vampire clues for people who just fucking already get it. Uh, so they go directly to her apartment hotel. She lives in a hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So okay. yeah, maybe like a nice condo. Okay. Like a vampire. I, it's all vampires. Like a vampire. Yeah. Um, so I have a clip of the interrogation, which is, um, no, I've never seen her before. Why don't you just stand on the side and watch this? Maybe nothing. I'm a chorus. I'm a side. You know about the investigation. Yes, I do. According to the doorman, you were seen outside the building last night, late near the park. I was. I enjoy the out of doors at night. Sunlight's too much for me to bear. It um, pains my eyes. And also, I'm a vampire. That's <laughs> a little more information than you need to give. It's a hot tip for all the <laughs> listeners. Never, never answer a question a cop didn't ask. Uh, so <laughs> I love that clip because so, it lays it lays a consistency it lays like a groundwork for for what is a consistent theme of these episodes and that everybody acts every scene as though they're very shy. Yeah, it's everybody's weird. The, one of the reasons I I picked these two episodes and I do regret not having asked either of you to watch the um, Frozen Viking episode, but maybe for a future podcast. Uh, yeah, sure. The, these two episodes in particular felt to me, especially the second one we'll talk about, like you could have staged them as a play at a local community college. At a local middle school. Like, maybe maybe a grade school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have like the production quality and acting ability of, of, of mm-hmm. like literally like a stage play. I mean, it, also, especially in the next episode, there's like two locations for the whole for like a 45 minute show. Yeah. And that combined with the acting, I, I, I can never like really like figure out exactly what feels so off about it, but something is just very, um, yeah, I don't know how to, else to explain it. Just very like community college about this entire I, production. Which I have a good example. Show. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So the cop asks her for identification and she's like, absolutely. And then she hands him like a stapled booklet of copy paper, like just a wad of receipts. <laughs> And then he opens it up and we can see as the audience, it's not fucking anything. It's not a passport or a license. This woman's just like, the sunlight pains my undead flesh ever so. Behold, issue one of my zine. It's just, it's (laughs) fucking nothing. And like, you're looking at it and you know, it's not anything. I don't know. It's, it's a perfect example. I was trying to be generous and like assume, well, they, they didn't know we'd be watching it on high definition screen. So there's no way. But I feel like they get pretty close to yeah to, to just the sheet yeah. of papers. Where like, <laughs> I feel like on normal no. broadcast like TVs of the era, you still would have noticed. They would have thought it's a passport. But if we're getting, if we're being very generous, maybe it this is like the kind of identification she had in like twelve hundred and eighty or whatever, and she's like, "Yes, yeah, this you used to just have a, a list of boats you've been on, and that's how you yeah. identified yourself." Yeah, her uh, ancient Romanian list of uh, dead husbands or whatever. Right. So uh, the fussy jogger is there. Like the cops are like, hey, jogging lady, you were kind of near a dead body. Why don't you come interrogate the suspect with us? And she's really suspicious about like the sunlight crap and the, the weird pile of papers. And um, so she's writing down numbers. She's taking notes on this investigation. Uh the, the vampire also has blood on her nightgown. And she's like, yes, I caught myself shaving. Like, it's, she's really suspicious. Then she's not in the mirror. Also kind of suspicious. And suspicious. She doesn't point this out to anybody. Right. Uh, I, again, I feel like this is, I, I, it's hard to imagine the intended audience of who's going like, wait a second. She's a vampire. 
an um. But I, it does feel like that's who this is for. Some imaginary person who's just now figuring out that this creature of the Knights of Empire. Um, she immediately heads to the doc to tell David Hasselhoff she's found a vampire. And I took a clip of her trying to explain it, which I thought was great. I, uh, I can't say this. It's so nuts. Well, you got my attention. What are you talking about? Um, okay. She was wearing gloves. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, there was blood on her nightgown. No, that's not it either. No. Ryan. I, okay. Um, okay. The jogger. The jogger died because someone cut into his pulmonary vein. That vein carries the richest, most oxygenated blood throughout the entire body. So? There you go. There you go. So. Right. So what? So... <laughs> When the woman was leaving with Detective Chorus, there was a reflection of him in the mirror. Nothing of her. Finally gets to the magic part. Finally gets to it. Mitch, right, there's the a magical vampire. In California. And then reiterates. In August. What? What? What are you saying? I'm saying that I think she's a vampire. <laughs> so it's stupid. What is I left this? in this. What You're were they doing? In, I want to suck your blood. Okay, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. He's immediately not taking her seriously. Uh, and, and, and what was the goal with that scene? Was that supposed to be funny? Was it supposed to be uh, yes. her doing a bit? Because it sounded so. like it sounded like a a drunk date trying to explain Game of Thrones. She's like, but no, no, that's not yeah. the. He's the. He's no, 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 no. the last John the laughing. No, it's his sister, but he but he fucks her on the. On the coffin of their dead. Son. Oh, that's not it. It's the it's the guy, you know, the guy from the guy. He he's always dead. You know the guy. Like wh- <laughs> why did like you can sit down and write a scene out so it doesn't turn turn out like that. Like, right. You you're, you're you're not weighing it, but maybe they were. Everything's insane. I wrote down um, Hasselhoff is the Scully. Five question marks. It's a fucking madman's decision. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, so actually, actually, he's he's it. They so they so so Ryan is his assistant, and she is the only actor who survives from season one to season two. And they've reinvented mm-hmm. her in season two as the scientist. So she's partially the Scully, but she's also okay. partially the Mulder. She's like a right. little bit of a like a hybrid. What's fascinating about this scene, though, is that he so clearly doesn't believe that she has encountered a vampire. And this is the ninth episode of the season. So they right. have like already fallen into another dimension together in a previous episode, fought a aquatic chupacabra together. Like he's seen enough shit that like vampires yeah. wouldn't be that crazy of a con- like concept anymore. I mean, that's I the danger that, that the X-Files introduced is that now everybody wants to have like, oh, we need a we need a skeptic for them to, to bounce mm-hmm. off of and do a will they won't right. they thing. I believe I don't. But unless you're playing it, on the line like the X-Files was in the early seasons where they didn't quite see something. You can't have him like punching an octopus man straight in the face on the next, but something being like, I don't believe in mega sharks. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, you, you no, can't have, both, you can't have it both ways. They literally spent a whole episode chasing a Viking around a boatyard, maybe like two episodes before this, like nothing's off the table anymore in this universe in my mind. But a vamp, I mean, it, 
she wears gloves. Obviously, she's a vampire. We do right. find out later she has like an airport book about vampires and says, oh, they wear gloves because they grow hair on the palms of their hands. So they're doing some weird deep cuts. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't find that anywhere. I, I've yeah, never I, heard I, that before in my life. I've never heard of that. So that I mean, you look that up and it's, mixed, uh, it's masturbation. Yeah, right. that's a masturbation trope. Uh, so that's a Baywatch. Maybe this is a holdover from an original Baywatch script where they're like, oh, we've got this guy. He's wearing gloves all the time. He's got hair on his palms because he's jerking it to the lifeguards. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm very sleepy. Because he's an, an immortal <laughs> masturbationist. <laughs> that's, there's no way. That doesn't exist. Um, I, I have a book I got from the airport. <laughs> uh, so Angie... Uh, is the woman's name or the actress's name? I, Ryan is the character's name. So she has blood all over yeah. her stuff, and then she calls over the other scientist to bring his lab equipment uh, to Hasselhoff's apartment. And they like look at it and they're oh. like, "Oh, here's the blood that she got from the victim, and it's not coagulating because the vampire like made it so it wouldn't coagulate, so she could drink it better." I don't know. Th- this this so that guy teed. Who shows up for the with the stuff? He is basically right. the smoking man of the the, the series. He's the one who okay. always has government connections and pulls them into things, and somehow often gets them out. Uh, he's terrible, terrible, this guy, terrible actor in the show. Yeah, he's like a legit bad actor. Like a lot of the takes, he flubbed lines and flubbed words, and and they just left it in. He strikes me as like a college football player going for like a theater credit. He just fucking pissed off right. about. And, but then only uh, like. Three or four years later, he played a, a cop in uh, the TV show Charmed. He was in like okay. four or five seasons of Charmed, and he's not that bad in it. So I think he took acting lessons at some point or something. I don't okay. know. He got good, better. Good for him. For what it's it's nice yeah. for people to grow. Uh, I think these were his acting lessons. In show. I, think, I, right. I think you can watch him. You can watch him learn after he does something. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, nope, real time. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. I'll learn. I'll, I'll be better next time. There is no next time. Fuck. Uh, they uh they go to try to talk to the vampire lady uh the murderer creature of the night i think the writers forgot the stakes like she's they really think she swoops down from the balcony ate a man's blood and is now like living among us and they're like we should go ask her some questions as fucking vampires so uh real real loosey-goosey with the danger hasloff still can't believe she thinks this is a vampire and they have a long argument about like oh, this folklore has to come from somewhere. And so I'm really confused if she's a scientist and her proof is that like people talk about it. People talk about vampires. Uh, it's right. pretty stupid. It, you know, uh, yeah, they never really like made it really stuck that landing because again, in the first season, she never once looks in a microscope. Yeah. They also do a thing on the show. Uh, you're not supposed to do in screenplays where they tell you more than they show you. So, all these moments of discovery, which they already can't seem to do right. She's like telling us about it. Like, oh, I talked to the coroner and he says, no instrument could have made the cut on his chest. Uh, I asked him if a tooth maybe could have done it. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. A tooth could have done it. And like all these stuff that a regular show would have shown you that conversation. And you would have been like, I'm starting to get some real vampire vibes from this lady. Uh, they just, <laughs> they just skip it over. Tell us about it. Uh, Okay, so here's it's going to sound like I've lost my mind, but here's what happens. They go to the police station like, hey, we want to talk to your vampire suspect. They're like, ah, the fucking the 
pencil pushers are shutting down the police station. So it's closed. They're like moving out with moving boxes and shit, but they're still, it's still a working police station. And they're like, you could go in and talk to the interrogator lifeguard. Like I think he actually says, we are going to cement this door yes. shut. You're going to have to leave via another door. Right. We're, lo- we're <laughs> Again, locking it's, you in. It's got that Baywatch. It's got that Baywatch consistency of like not actually knowing what happens. Like what happens when they leave a building? They must just like seal it up so it's a solid yeah. block of cement. Why what? No. Why would you we assume that? <laughs> That's not at all what happens. You cut cement shut all the doors. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm a Baywatch writer. I've never used the same doorway twice. Uh, okay, it's fucking madness. So they they stop for a bathroom break. Um, so Angie goes into the bathroom and then a va- the vampire lady creeps up on Hasselhoff and she's just mesmerizing and sexy, which is Hasselhoff's weakness. And they have like this weird thing. Angie comes out of the bathroom and like, with a big old, like big acting grunt, like slightly more subtle than, Oh fuck. I just lost eight pounds. Don't ever go in that bathroom again. Hasselhoff. <laughs> uh, so that, that's like where we are. They're just like loose in a police station. That's like also a spooky abandoned maze. Like given being su- sealed up around them yeah. as though a mummy's tomb <laughs> yes. to preserve the memory call? of the chief of police forever for future generations. No, but the what, end what of we- that conversation that Hasselhoff has with the vampire, she starts drifting away down the hall and he's watching her go like, Oh yeah. And then she disappears mm-hmm. in a puff of smoke yeah. and he goes like, Oh, what? <laughs> so just at this I'm point, to get some vampire vibes. <laughs> they, show, they specifically show him watch her do it. And you're like, okay, so he understands now. He does not understand. Now. No, he's just kind of like, huh. Okay. He literally says, he looks- that's a little weird. Like, that was weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, not wrong. It's not wrong. They usually don't do uh, that. I mean, sometimes they do that, but not usually. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple prostitutes. They're doing like their prostitute paperwork, like among the moving boxes. Um uh, the one service still being provided in this building. <laughs> right. Racing. Literally, the cop, the cop is frightened. The cop is frightened that they might not finish the paperwork on time and he will be sealed inside the police station. He's like, whatever. <laughs> you just got to sign it. And the lawyer's like, he's like, I don't even care. Sign it. We have to get out of here. We have to fucking go. He says something like... Like like someone he, like something about the phone. He's like, yeah, we can we can receive calls in this, but we can't make outgoing calls anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they cemented the phone line shut. <laughs> this the next episode we talk about is worse than this, but it it feels like playing games with the five year old. Like the rules just change, and they're whatever they say they are. It's like, no, daddy, we're not playing Sonic anymore. We're doing karate, and and that's what this is. It's like, uh, well, we need the phones to be able. They can't have phones, but we do need them to be able to take some calls. Okay, okay. Here's how the phones work. Also, we I, I got told we need a ticking clock, so they're cementing up the doors. They have five minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just... It's fucking so stupid. Uh, like, they just can't ever get their feet under them when they're, when they're writing these scripts. Uh, they go to see... They go to see the vampire lady and... Yeah, and they're like, go ahead, lifeguards. Oh. Go fucking talk to, uh, talk to our suspect. Yeah. That's another crazy thing about this show is it's like a lifeguard and a private detective and they somehow keep getting like roped into like, for instance, being called in by scientists to find the unfrozen Viking running around a boat. Yard. Sure. Like feels like a matter for cops or feds. I'd call a lifeguard. I don't know. Should call Viking force. <laughs> you said it was <laughs> a boat. Yard, right? That's like Viking force. <laughs> you're right. That's you're right. Ocean adjacent. 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, so, so she's killed the cop, the guard, um, with the exact same cut as the jogger. And they're like, oh my God, this is very suspicious. I'm starting to get a real vampire vibe. And I think this is how she's <laughs> operated for so long. She's hundreds of years old. I think she's like, is that this kind of subtle? She'll just like jump out of her hotel room, eat a guy, <laughs> talk to the cops the next day and be like, yes, I'm clearly a vampire. I ate that guy. And then when she gets arrested for it, she'll eat the guard. And then they're like, God, she just vanishes into the night, leaving no trace. Uh, the cops are now after her. Uh, the prostitutes over here, this, they're super turned on by it. They're like, are you guys talking about vampires? Oh, I'd love to get murdered tooth first by some hunk. Like, they, I, I don't I don't get what that was. Uh, they don't explore almost, that. Almost a direct watch. quote. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I didn't write down the exact quote. Uh, but for the most part, the, the pace is... Uh, very slow and the plot is very simple. Um, it's like a first draft with no polish or extra ideas, just, just the yeah. raw concept. Um, and then we just sort of see the foibles and failings of these people, like the educational system that failed the writers of this show. They don't know anything <laughs> about fucking anything. And that includes vampires with their hairy hands. So, so anyway, like, Two lifeguards and two prostitutes and a dirty cop, and they're hunting a vampire. Oh, and their and their lawyer, who I think they said his name was Pantalone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, they all they all walk into a bar, and there's a horse there. <laughs> uh, uh, so fucking stupid. And then so the vampire takes out the main cop, and uh, so he he finds her feeding on him. Hasselhoff finds her. I'm trying to remember how it all happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, he's like, Hey, are you eating that guy? And she like cape slams him and then chases after him. And he does like yeah, some just, Jackie Chan flip. Knocks his ass down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and he like, like, and, like, was she even chasing him? Cause it's like unclear from the camera work, but he like suddenly like runs through this, like, chain link doorway grabs the top of it and like yeah it had to have been a stunt man right because i was like damn like he pulls himself know. up upside down and like is now hiding in the ceiling yeah he this, just sort of uh, hops up sideways this is my favorite scene in either of these episodes and i would like same. to uh, i would like to paint the picture as i understood it i don't know if you have the okay. same take from this but so she sees he stumbles across her actually eating a guy like Right. actually eating a guy just keep that in mind Pretty for later vampire. she she slaps him so hard he does like half of a backflip and flies 20 feet and what he does is he turns around and runs away in total blind like baby panic they even do <laughs> yes. like several close-ups on his face of him just like no dignity fuck fuck oh fuck <laughs> and, and i thought that was great i was like oh shit that's like that's what you would really yeah. do if you were like okay a yeah. vampire is real like i yeah. kind of love that you played that expectation and then we then we just stay with him as for like a minute and a half as he just goes fuck fuck and runs around the station's fucking jackie chan flipping slamming gates trying to he finally he tries to like hide in a vent or something and then he realizes like oh this is a terrible hiding spot and he runs away and then he trips and just falls down a flight of stairs and ends up at the very bottom of the flight of stairs sprawled out like a like a like a toddler that took a bad spill just utterly (laughs) defeated waiting for death He's like, such yeah. like waiting for death from his he own failures, from his own clumsy cowardice. <laughs> yes, from, yeah, yeah, from his own like, failures. Four, 
four cool things and then falls down a flight of stairs. <laughs> and that's that's where she finds him. She finds him at the yes. top of the flight of stairs and looks down at him. And in any 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 movie, you would expect her to be like, "What a fucking idiot!" <laughs> like I can't believe you just did all that. But yeah. But yeah. instead, she says that like, "I've never been this impressed in four hundred years. I've never <laughs> yes. known." What I wanted, and then they cut back from her saying all this to him still brokenly sprawled, like he has not gotten up or moved at all, like just kind of confused. I really fucking hurt myself. Oh, it hurts so bad. She's like, I'm in 400 years. I never knew what I wanted, but it's you. It's you. And then she leaves, and he's still there. And she disappears. Incredible. What this is shocking for a couple of reasons. Like, first of all, she's super impressed by him almost dying to stairs. But also, it, it sort of implies that there was another version of the script, which I find completely impossible, that this is not the first draft, which means at one point he was doing something cool, and then she's, like, impressive. And then later they did a rewrite where he's a giant pussy, and they're like, we don't have time to rewrite all those lines. She, so she's like, we, we already filmed, I mean, we filmed that order. <laughs> Stop! Right. First, you uh, you slammed into those bars, and then you fell down, and you cried a little bit, and then you jumped over that fence, which was cool. But then you tried to hide in the vent, and I was impressed at every single right. step. Yeah, and it's just like, and her 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 inflection is so like she's so like this made her so horny, so horny. deeply horny, like so <laughs> horny for Mitch. Yeah, which and is a very common theme throughout Baywatch of women way out of his league falling madly in love with him for mm-hmm. literally no reason. So that's at least consistent. Well, the script did establish she has super hearing. So like she can hear him shitting his pants, like the whole time he was running, she heard that. <laughs> and I think that's like maybe in ancient Romania, that's, that was like a, a very impressive thing to do to shit your pants running. was like that. That was it their proved Olympic you event. had like how long you could shit proved how, how much food you had <laughs> right. and therefore like your wealth and security right. yeah. as a mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different standard of beauty. Uh, so they they split up. The group splits up from the prostitutes. They have a big argument because they're this place is a maze. Nobody knows their way out of the cop station. Even the cops, they Even like the they say won. those words. Uh, so the prostitutes split up, which is television shorthand for goodbye prostitutes. And sure enough, the vampire <laughs> eats one of them. Uh, Hasselhoff finds his friend and the cops, and he's like, "Where are the fucking hookers?" And he's like really mad at them for for splitting up, even though he he just ran off solo to shit his pants at the bottom of the stairs. Well, after they meet back up, he says, oh, maybe you have this clip. When they meet back up, everyone kind of like recaps it. And it's like they do it. It's so subtle. Like most people would never notice. It's so careful and elegant. They just weave it right into the dialogue. I want you to hear it. you that they need to leave but also there's a vampire a lot there's a lot of uh i I feel like they're still writing this for the baywatch audience they're just coming in for 30 seconds to see if it's a shaggy video they might have just come in after this commercial break and they're just like yeah you need to reiterate there's a vampire (laughs) when mitch does rejoin them the first thing he says is not that i'm buying into this 
But how do you kill one of these vampires? Right. He literally. This is he's seen her disappear into thin air twice. <laughs> he walked in on her eating a man. It's like ah, you're, you're crazy if you think it into the bit where where like one person mixes up vampires and werewolves. They're like, yeah, we need to stick her in the heart or get some sunlight or maybe a silver bullet. No, no, I think that's werewolves. I, uh, they're required by law to do that. I didn't judge them for that. Um, but so, okay. So, so the plan actually is since she's in love with David Hasselhoff, he's going to like go like honey Potter. And the dirty cop is like, yeah, fucking go ahead. Go on a date with the vampire. You fucking mook. Uh, he's, like he's like saying out loud, he just doesn't care. He actually says the words it's him or us. He's a very self-serving antagonist. Uh, well, and did, what was the part about like there was a brief moment where they hear running water, and they're like, "Oh, there's a tunnel under here, maybe." And they pull a grate back, and just a bunch of rats fall out. Yeah. Everyone screams, and no one ever mentions the tunnel or the running water ever again. Right? They found a uh, rat hole. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the show seemed to imply that she controlled the rats. Like that might have been her putting rats right. there so they couldn't escape. Right. Um, but she's now calling with her mind. She's like, Mitch, Mitch. Uh, I also liked that one of them suggested hitting her with holy water. And the, pros- the surviving prostitute hears the word holy water. She gasps and then makes the cross on her chest, which I thought was a nice touch because what the fuck is that? <laughs> in the original version of the script, she was uh, she used to be a priest and quit to become a prostitute. <laughs> but even then, she's if gotta, you say holy water near a priest, they don't say like, oh shit, oh sanctimus, sanctolos, uh, whatever the fuck. I don't. I've never seen it. I don't know why she did it. Uh, just reminded there's a god somewhere, and she's like, oh right, right, the god thing. Uh, anyway, they they now know how to kill her. Sunlight, stakes, holy water, whatever. Maybe silver bullets. So Hasselhoff like goes after he enters the realm of tubes and mist and he confesses to her his infatuation. Like, I don't know. They filmed this part of sewage treatment plan or something. I have no idea to set the stage. She's in a silky black nightie with her arms crossed an elegant and timeless beauty. David Hasselhoff is wearing an old denim shirt. He was fixing his boat in shuffling through fog machine smoke in the sewage treatment plan. I mentioned uh, I do have a clip. I want to let it play for a full minute because it is really something. When I first saw you, something strange happened to me. It was as if I've known you for over a hundred years. <laughs> Tell me what the girl said is true. What did she say? I do. You are the most desirable creature I have ever seen. No man. You really blew it. You blew a shit thing. I'm drawn to it. I think this is the part where he palms her face like a basketball. I knew from the first moment that you were special. Got consent. I love it. Um, it's so oh, you ended the clip weird. before the monk, the horny monk chants chime in. <laughs> but yes, they do kiss. 
it was never clear to me if he was actually kind of attracted to her or if this was all sort of a, a bit that went on longer than it ever needed to. Like, I feel like it could be was both. Was he toying with her? Okay. Because I, I, he did mention that she was hot. I mean, she's undeniably yeah. hot. And yeah. they mentioned the allure of, you know, the, the vampire many times. So yeah. in the text of the art, she's very sexy and he's he desires her. Uh, the desirable creature line was was real bad. I'm glad that uh, she hated it. Um, that's that's good writing. Uh, what? But it feels like they're like off in another world just because the set's so different. But everyone's watching them. The prostitute, the the living one, is is watching, and she like literally says, "What the hell is he doing?" Because they're making out. And again, she has super hearing, so like she's listening and uh, seems very into it. But then while this is happening. He grabs the back of her hair, pulls it off, and he just screams, Back off, Batwoman! And then he runs. That, that was, was part two of the plan. plan. That was the plan. I'm going to put my mouth on her. He didn't need to walk all the way up to her, nope. talk to her for like several minutes about how attractive he found her, and then make out with her for the second part of the plan to still have worked. <laughs> I just... <laughs> They had to have consulted about that. They had to have been like, I, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to saunter up to her, seduce her with my words, make out with her. And then when I've got her good and ready, I'm going to slap the back of her head and yell, back off, Batwoman, and then run away. <laughs> from, from the super fast creature. But like, she's legitimately heartbroken when, when, when they murder her. her. Yeah, like it's weird to get us to care for the the villain of the show but like they stake her with a chair or something god this part was so badly filmed i genuinely don't fucking did you know what what happened okay i rewound this several (laughs) times i never figured out what happened so there was like a shaky cam a little sam raimi thing and then she's dead you're like what yeah but dead in like the gnarliest way possible yeah i think they put a chair through her chest no, well, is that what happened? I think it's a pitchfork, which means there is a police station. <laughs> that could have been I an evidence. Because there's like a there's like a kind of like a metal grating over the window that they somehow removed. Uh-huh. And then they put like part the front part of a pitchfork through it and then shut the door. And then she just slammed headfirst into the door. Uh, and the pitchfork. Right, I get it. That yeah. makes sense. Sergeant but Pitchfork wanted to be buried. In his tomb with his favorite pitchfork. Of course. Yeah. It all makes sense. That was probably the first draft. Then Hasselhoff said, I have an idea. What if I put my mouth on the young actress for seven or eight takes? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That doesn't quite make sense. He's like, no, listen, keep listening. I grab her by the back of the hair. And yes, you'll all be watching the whole time. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So after she's dead, and like dies very sad. She was like, oh man, you were real vampire material. I thought we were in love. Like she dies and then the rats swarm her body. And so this actress is super not happy about this. There's like a rat on her fucking rat face and she has to like act dead and she can't. She's like twitching and like, oh, oh, it's so bad. This poor lady. So that's it. That's the story. Hasselhoff's back in the lab. Um, he has like, some claw marks on his face. So now he's kind of turning into a vampire. He's turning off all the lights and Angie's like, Hey, are you okay? He's like, no, I'm transforming into a bat. And, um, then he attacks her, but it's a prank. He like bought fake te- teeth for this shit. He's like, ha ha. I'm not a real vampire. Um, and but, it goes and on she like loves minutes. it. 
Yeah, yeah she it, does. It's pretty it's just fun. good, clean fun. Actually, the last lines of the show, it's, he says, it's very funny. And she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> she speaks for all of us. It's just good writing. <laughs> it's so efficient. Okay, so we do have another episode we want to talk about. Um, it's called The Mobius, but the German title is Dimension X. Uh, they're both good. Um, yeah. So in this episode, it opens with Hasselhoff in a tuxedo and a weird, like, instead of a bow tie, he's wearing like a silk collar with a with a little tiny brooch. Uh, he says it's the latest fashion, and I love that I've he never seen it before. He says it's very cool. Yeah. yeah uh, never before since that existed. Yeah. This was, uh, no, hold on. Like, this uh, was 1997, I want to say. Uh, sure. I had girlfriends that wore that. Okay. Goth girlfriends. <laughs> okay. But not over their tuxedos. Suicide girls were going to start up soon. Like, he's, he's, that's just You've got to be grounds for it. <laughs> if you saw this tuxedo and it was called the Suicide Girls Tuxedo, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes that's sense. what it is. Yeah. That adds yeah. up. Uh, so, a beautiful scientist comes into the room with a complicated problem i will let her explain no nothing special only the opening of lou's new club down at the beach come in you look upset i don't even know where to begin it's so complicated for two years now don and i have been concentrating on quantum physics we were conducting a simple countering experiment with the particle accelerators when something unexpected happened a convergence was created. A force field. A physical force field? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone so shy? <laughs> I don't know. It's such a strange <laughs> acting choice. Uh, I think because the writers are writing way beyond their means. Like, yeah. And, and the like a local know. university has two particles, at least two particle accelerators. Uh, I don't know. This isn't my and, field and of expertise, will, but that's see. a lot. And we will see exactly zero any things that look like a particle accelerator for the entirety of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. What we will see is a, like a janitor's office. <laughs> <laughs> for like a surprising, this is That's the episode the where I'm like, this could have been a stage play. This could have 100% yes. just been a stage production. And it really shouldn't have been because uh, <laughs> like the, the, when, they, when she says force field, what she means is like a hole in space time. Like they've created a like an anomaly, I guess they say in the show. Very specifically, not a force field. Uh, I don't know why they the, had that in the script. I feel like any child knows what a force field or a wormhole is or whatever. It's just, it's like they're taking random science words and just throwing them in. Again, it has the stink of an AI script. Um, right. right. And the first thing I would do if I had a problem with my like interdimensional barrier is go to a private investigator. Agree. I'd go to a lifeguard. Uh, I, yeah, a lifeguard. <laughs> what? Oh, it, it's uh, both. Oh, that's problem solved, baby. Very convenient. Uh, what's great is they get Hassel off the lifeguard, and uh, Angie is she understands the physics of it. So they have this cast of scientists and Hasselhoff. He's the only non-quantum physicist in the cast. So they have to keep explaining stuff to him. But every time they explain it, it gets wronger and weirder. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just a fucking guy with the fucking normal education. And I'm like, God, I'm, it, this show's so dumb. Uh, 
Yeah. So anyway, they, like, they, uh, he's like he makes a he makes a bold decision here to play every line throughout this entire episode, no matter what happens to him, very sarcastically. Like yeah. he didn't do that in the other episode, but he's no. just everything he says now is oh sure yeah that's great. <laughs> just while he's being he's, sucked through time into other alternate dimensions, he's like yeah this I love this. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> Uh, I do like there's a moment where he's like, like they, I don't understand what you guys are saying. Cause they're like, there's a hole in space time. And he's like, what the fuck is a time? And they're like, they said, no, what D-10, they say here's is a football. They say there's a time anomaly. And he says, what's that in English? Those are just basic words. Time and anomaly. <laughs> yeah, just, they just yeah, mean yeah, a, neither of these are mean words a normal that need any additional explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Time and something's wrong. That's all like, you've got the gist of it. But they show him, they give him a football and this is how they show him, which I thought was really funny. Like, this is the real sarcasm. Like, here, I'll show you how it works, dickhead. And they throw the football through the center of the room and it vanishes for 12 seconds. And then it comes back out. So these are the rules they've established for us is that stuff goes into this hole and it comes out 12 seconds later. But then Uh, two amendments uh, real quick. It's a Nerf football and it hurts Mitch a lot to catch it. (laughs) Yeah, Mitch. Mitch is yeah, not he a tough definitely dude. Acts, he definitely acts like he caught like a large rock. Uh, also, clearly in our football, also, though, they're all standing around this interdimensional rift that's just like represented by like a spotlight in a room, mm-hmm. and there's no like nobody set up any kind of barriers around this thing. Right. Like you can't see where it is, but but we're just kind of milling around it as though it's not like most dangerous thing mankind has ever created. Right. I guess, you know, what we forgot to mention is that the the male scientist, uh, she's worried that he's this guy's too obsessed with this fucking hole in the universe and he's going to jump into it. So part of why she brought these people here is is sort of as like social workers or rescue workers to like talk him down from jumping into the time bubble. And but when Angie sees the football, she's like, oh, guys, we got to throw some more shit in this thing. We got to try something organic. And the scientist like, see, she likes it too. My time hole rules. I'm right about it. Uh, <laughs> and she doesn't have any response to that. She's just like, fuck, yeah, it does, I guess. Like, no, you're right. Fucking everybody loves your time hole, buddy. I got a second opinion and I was wrong. And I she, accept. And she, she's like, something's pulling me. Some sort of gravitational pull. And everyone's like, don't go near the fucking hole, you idiot. Of course, she goes in the hole. Bloop, gloop, portal grab. Hasselhoff jumps after the two ladies. Uh, and they none of them land in the same spot. They all like land in different places in the same like foggy caveman warehouse. Um, I have a clip of the doctor. Like as soon as they're gone, he's like, Oh fuck, they're dead. They're dead for sure. And I have, um, God is acting so good. That's all. That's the whole clip. Uh, He's like holding a space. It is play again. They will spend the next half hour cutting back to him like every five minutes just being a sad sack of shit. Yes. That he like now well, believes he's like murdered the love of Teague, his life. Teague, the smoking man guy, actually shows up and says, do you have any theories? You're the scientist who has been working on this. Where might they be? And he says, no. <laughs> You're dead. You're fucking dead, buddy. Uh, I killed just, my girlfriend. He doesn't have There's- any input. Like, I've just been fucking throwing shit in there and it rules. That's it. <laughs> this is all I know about this hole. There's a part where he's, uh, he like breaks down. He's like, God, I'm doing it again. 
years ago, I exploded some shit and killed somebody else. And then like that story goes nowhere. Cause that again, I guess this is Baywatch. That's kind of normal for Baywatch. But um, meanwhile, back in the, no, it goes somewhere. It just doesn't go where you think. Cause Teague, he's telling that yeah. story to Teague and he says, I did a laser experiment that also went wrong and it killed two students and I learned right. nothing. And Teague <laughs> says, no, no, no. The, don't talk like that. You're a scientist. You're an explorer. It's a noble profession and everybody yes. knows it can be dangerous. You've got Holy to shit, ignore those right. student deaths, damn you. He, he uses that like as, as a Holy motivational shit, speech right. of like, you're wrong to, have, to mourn these students. And that's, that's what gives him the confidence to try science again. You're, oh. you're right. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you put it like that. So to give the stakes of the danger, uh, Hasselhoff is being stalked by like a trash ninja. And then he like leaps down from a catwalk and yes, like to no effect. He like taps him on the shoulder like and like a- chimpanzee escapes. <laughs> Just like It's like a world of full-size Jawas, like human-sized. Yes. Right. I just call I just called them bag men because they're, they're they ran they they clearly ran out of costumes for like some of the ones in the background so they're just wearing paper bags. Right. <laughs> they're they're like they call them mutants but it's clearly just like like people with bad posture wrapped in fabric and trash bags. And uh so it's like I don't know just the warehouse is filled with like cargo nets and burn barrels. I sort of love the set because I feel like looking at any frame of this show and you know exactly what you're looking at. Like this is a this is a Doctor Who episode about a dimension made out of junk or like a time traveling thing gone wrong. Like this is uh, whatever the the time machine, the H.G. Wells book. This is just the right. the troglodyte section. I don't, section I don't of think that they book. had to to build that set. I think that's just like a Universal Studios fucked up right. dimension set that everybody can just yeah. can just rent it. For like three hundred dollars, I think it was just a storage warehouse, and they're just like, "No, it's fine. Just leave all the stuff in it." Because yeah, it, it's probably a laser it, tag arena. The only other location, yeah, it, it's the only other location in this entire episode, and they try to shoot yep. it from a bunch of angles, and they move some of the junk around to make you think, but it's like not fooling anybody. Like no. it never leaves that warehouse. Yeah, it's it's so fucking stupid. But uh, despite all these obviously human things like cargo nets and burn barrels, like. Uh, Angie finds a rubber ducky and a baby teething ring. She's like, wait, humans are here. This is an altered dimension. <laughs> like, way to, way to fucking keep up, lady. Um, <laughs> they, they find a newspaper uh, from three years. It's from 1999. It's from three years in the future. And the world has like burned from an ozone layer fire. Uh, and so you're like. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but they never really figured out how they were going to prevent that future in this episode did they 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 threw a line out almost directly to the viewer where it's like it's up to us to stop it like it's a sort of an environmental message which uh sure which they did not decide upon early in this episode they figured out maybe we could say something about the environment in the last five minutes of the episode because what happens next is they find a giant egg and they say humans aren't (laughs) the only thing mutating now it's important (laughs) you remember that (laughs) <laughs> we got Godzilla seagulls years in the, three fucking years. <laughs> the ozone layer specifically makes California Godzilla seagulls within three years. And it's important that we all remember that because the show does not. <laughs> right. I completely forget that these eggs exist. Holy like shit, you yeah. never, that never pays off. 
I feel like they no, went to one like commercial a, with like a loud noise, and yeah, then they, they came to, back they, like something off eh. camera. Yeah, yeah. You hear something <laughs> growling, but that's it. You never see it. Nobody ever sees it. <laughs> they also never uh, they, go back to like these are mutants. They, later in the script, they decide they call them marauders, and then they're just like, yeah, they're marauders. They're just like they were just bandits. But right. they very clearly said these are mutants. Humans aren't mm-hmm. the only thing mutating. They have some sort of mutant human form. And then just completely forget about that. None of that yeah. is it's just yeah. ever mentioned again. They're mole people at best. Uh, so Hasselhoff finds an old guy, a very non-mutated human old guy, and he immediately clocks them as time travelers. He's like, you're not from here. How the fuck? So he starts, he just spills the beans about like their planet's history uh in a way that like i guess i appreciate as a viewer but like as a uh a critic of art i found this to be pretty clumsy uh mitch just feeds him a ladle of water which had to have been this guy's toilet like i saw him just he grabs the nearest like bucket of water and starts shoving it in his mouth with a big old soup ladle i'm like this did you want to check and see if that's drinking water anyway uh <laughs> I thought everything about this is weird. He gives him a, a second scoop of filthy water and he just looks at the girl and says, there's, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> He's just like, this guy's dead from three years of cosmic radiation. I, I, I can shovel some more sewer water into him, but like, that's it. That's all I've got as a lifeguard. I had the one um, move. Like as a lifeguard, I can give you a water bottle. That's all I'm legally authorized to do. Uh, and spe- uh, we were talking earlier about writing beyond their means as, as the uneducated idiots who wrote this show. So they're talking about bringing him back. They're like, Hey, let's bring him back to our time when we have actual good doctors and not like David Hasselhoff with a bucket of ditch water. And they're like, no, he can't come back to a non his time. It's like, they're just throwing out time cop rules where you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're just, we, we have to leave him here. Yeah. And, uh, the other lady finds her college notes in another room in the fucking warehouse. Like they can't find any human artifacts except for like a rubber ducky teething rings. And this one individual person's college notes, her uh, literal possessions. Like, yeah. In this strange. other dimension. Yeah. Pretty significant coincidence. And now the Morlocks have There's- finally like grown a pair. So they, they attack and <laughs> they kill a couple like really easily. Like Hasselhoff just sort of, Throws one off a catwalk and uh, he's a, he's a one man army with that piece of rebar he's found. Yes. He's just like fucking those dudes up. There's like twenty of them and they're all like just getting yeah thrown off of railings. <laughs> he does this move that I swear to God I'm going to use someday if I'm if I'm ever in this scenario where I'm being attacked by possibly mutants, I'm going to tell the woman who's with me grab hold of my belt. And then I'm going to hold the rebar in front of me and waggle it back and forth while I run at them like a battle train because it works so well when he does it. It works so well. You're skipping past one of my favorite parts in the show because like they kind of get cornered. They're throwing like potatoes and light trash at them. And then they get to the end of the catwalk and Hasselhoff's like, we got to jump. It's like a 10 foot drop. It's significant. And she's like, I don't know how to fucking jump. And he's like, "Do, do your gymnastics. And she's like, I didn't do gymnastics. He's like, okay, what did you do? She's like, dance. He's like, perfect. And she's like, no, tap dance. I'm telling you, this this all happens. And I'm making, I'm fucking abridging it. Like, this is like a 30-minute conversation they have to decide she can't jump off of this thing, even in these desperate circumstances. 
and that's when right, right. He's and like, his solution right. is train belt. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Battle choo choo formation <laughs> solution. You be you be the war caboose. I am I am the choo choo. Watch me so watch they, me puff and huff. They find their friend, the lady scientist, um, like just in time. Like uh, a few of the Morlocks had her in a position. I was like, guys, can we cut? Can we make this a little less? Uh, disgusting anyway uh they put a note in a football back in the real world and they they're like okay if you're there send it send the football back now we're all watching the same show so we know that the football magically comes back on its own so either the show is implying that the morlocks are finding this football and then throwing it back through the time hole or uh the rules changed somewhere along the way is that like what we decided doesn't matter we're switching no, that's it's, exactly yeah, I think the Morlocks had been throwing stuff back the whole time. Okay. There's a scene we no we skipped over before all of this goes down where they throw an apple in and then a second later like an old oh, peanut man. butter jar pops out and the scientist goes, "This has never happened before." Like fucking loses his mind. And then we we put it together after they throw the like the football's coming back and they they have to send it back. So yeah, the Morlocks are there and like shit is coming out of the time hole. Okay. And they're just like, "Hell yeah." So they're playing interdimensional yeah, they're playing catch, catch across yeah. time, across the multiverse with the Morlocks. And it's, you know, only, it's a they good bonding the, moment. only the Morlock side of it knew that that was a game, I guess. <laughs> they they're were just, just trading with their sky gods. They're like, hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so. there's there's even another scene where Teague, like in the cutbacks back and forth, Teague and the scientist are trying to figure this out or whatever. And Teague like throws a coffee cup through the hole in rage. And then it briefly shows one of the Morlocks just catching it and like squirreling it away. And then later on, he keeps like looking at the, the he's looking at the portal and he goes, why is my coffee cup come back? <laughs> <laughs> he's so mad about it. But like the Morlock was just like, sweet, I'm going to keep this one. God, I'll use this for the ditch water. Uh, so they decide uh, they find the football right uh, in the Morlock dimension and uh, they're going to throw it back. But then, the scientist is like, no, no, no. You know what we should do is climb up above the time hole and then throw it down to the time hole. To my satisfaction, this was not explained why. Yeah, um, nobody ever explained why they needed to be above the time hole. Right. And again, this is what I'm saying when it's like playing games with a five-year-old. You just Someone will right. just shout, nope, you have to be above the time hole for it, for it to work. And you're like, all right, okay. These are the rules now. Uh, they go back for the college notes. Uh, to save the future because she's like hey he wrote down all the ozone shit in the notes we can bring that back and save the future with the blah 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 and Hasselhoff's like yeah okay cool I got it notes she's like yeah it's in a brown bag he's like I don't I'll find this notes I fucking get it lady um, then because here's, the, where like, they, here's where they run into the monster like they, they cut to commercial after they're like going back for the notes and right. the, the whole world starts shaking and you're like oh here we go we're where they we're preparing for the, something cool. Yeah, the, the big monster reveal, the eggs, the radiation. And then we come back from commercial and he's just like running to find the notes. They just yeah, forgot. They forgot, they forgot on the commercial break what they were doing. <laughs> did, they, did they forget or did they realize we can't do this? We yeah, do not have the budget for this. Maybe, they <laughs> maybe there like was a monster there. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In some, in some like cutting room floor footage is the fucking coolest looking piece yeah. of Godzilla foam. We're gonna eat uh, that hundred and twenty bucks. <laughs> got fucking knew me in the Jean Claude Van Damme Predator costume, <laughs> just dancing around. They're like, nah, it's fucking, it doesn't work. 
<laughs> uh, they do a, a Han Solo thing here. I took a clip of it because she tells David Hasselhoff that she loves him uh, after he goes back for the notes. And uh, here we go. Mitch, um, I love you. I know you do. Hold on, I'll start getting cocky on me now. Okay, all right, just go. It's gonna be okay. Fucking say it. Be very careful. I'll be waiting for you. I'll be there as soon as I can. I'm not gonna say it. It's okay. Right. Okay. (laughs) She's like, we're not gonna. She just won't let the line land. Just let it land, lady. He's like, yeah, I know you do. Like in Empire Strikes Back, yeah. And she's like, all right, no, but you fucking, you have to say I love you too. Like, no, okay, okay get the fuck out of here. Like, I think no, that's how she, I like that she called him out on like, hey, you're no Harrison Ford. You say it. Right. No, 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 I think it'll be cooler this way. No, but Hasselhoff, stick to the script. Uh, I think I should put my mouth on the that, uh, that lady from the other. The vampire should be here for this one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch gets the notes uh, and he uses them as a weapon. Like he fights his way back through them. He and then he grinds a Morlock to death in a fan. And um, I love this because it's just so he didn't have to do it. Uh, but and they also it happens off camera. Like we don't like of course see him shove a guy into a fan. And but and also I was expecting something more like like for it to have his face or something. Like oh I just killed my future self or something. But no, it's just he just murdered a guy on the way back. And uh, they ask him, like, what kept him, and I took a clip. It's so fucking good. You all right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then what the hell took you so long? I ran into a couple of mutants. (laughs) It should have been something, right? Like, he should have said, I ran into my biggest fan, or I had to talk with a guy about an air conditioner. Fucking anything. He's just like, you stupid cow. The monster men of Dimension X. We were invading their realm, and I had to fight. That's what I mean by like he plays everything as annoyed and sarcastic in this episode. I ran into mutants. What the fuck did you know that? I told you I was going to do that. It's the only thing we saw there because we couldn't. So he, a bird. that's that's like it. He zapped through. That was the final confrontation. Was anonymous bad yeah. guy that gets pushed into a fan instead of the yeah, monster. Never, instead of anything, there's never been less stakes in anything. He just yeah. zaps like, back oh, to their he'll time. Be back. And then he does. Yeah. And then, uh, that's <laughs> and, it. Then we're, and then we're done. Imagine, imagine telling, like trying to explain this. They're like, all right, well, David Hasselhoff's going to jog through this future apocalypse warehouse, but pursued by solar bag mutants and possibly, possibly giant seagulls. He's racing the collapsing time portal. Uh, so he can get the, the time lost scientists notes about how to avoid the apocalypse back back to his own timeline. And then imagine like explaining that in 1973 to the lifeguard that wanted to pitch a lifeguard show. And you're like, no, no, this is the same show. It's the same universe. This is where it ends up. I know you want to pitch your lifeguard show. This is what, how it ends up. Uh, and just to like make it worse. And you're like, okay, this is fucking crazy. It's all for nothing that the notes are, they're all completely burnt up. And then, they look at these scorched papers and somebody says, ah, oh, the metal in the binder. No idea what the fuck that means. Was that something yeah, they left yeah. out or something I misunderstood? No, it just, I, I, I could throw a metal through this goddamn thing of, all episode. 
This is one of several places where it feels suspiciously like pages fell out of the script yeah. at some point and no one noticed. You think David Hasselhoff's little Suicide Girls choker isn't made out of metal? <laughs> there is a scene cut where Numi in his Predator costume shoots a fire breath at him and he has to protect himself with the notes from the future. And it's, oh, yeah, it was very meaningful. It does feel like the most actually X-Files piece of the show, though, because much like X-Files, like nothing is resolved. Literally right. nothing got done. Yeah, all the evidence. No justice was netted, like nothing. Yeah. 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 Right. And also, you can never use the skeptic character again because he has now been thrown through time into an alternate dimension where he pushed a solar mutant into a fan and then jumped back through the portal. Like, and yet he gets it now. You've seen seen two episodes and there are many more where he never drops that character. (laughs) It's very strange. It's very strange. And they live in a city with a string of vampire murders that many people witnessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, they fought I, werewolves. They, 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 they dealt with like demonic, uh, possession. Like, yeah, but unflagging his, his, uh, resolve to not believe anything or care. I love that earlier in the, I think it's the vampire episode, Ryan, the, those female scientist character calls Numi at the lifehouse station looking, looking for Mitch. So they even like ax any any pretense of like, no, this is a different like universe using some of the same cast. They're like, no, right. no, he's still the lifeguard. Baywatch is still happening over here. Yeah. And then if you yeah. just go like a mile inland, it's werewolf country. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the final episodes of, of Baywatch Nights, um, one of the main ca- ca- cast characters from the mainline series, Stephanie Holden, dies in like the second to last season they bring her back as a ghost in one of the final episodes <laughs> of nights it's really it's really good but it's like the, the 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 threads are so thin at that point they're so tacit and and pulled so taut the, the connection there but they i feel like they were desperate to remind you like no no we have roots in like a real tv show like right like they, they would sprinkle it through still but the, all cast has been excised like no one other than Stephanie ever from the from the actual Baywatch show ever makes an appearance in season two. It's yeah, it is really it's funny how in these two episodes I did recognize some of the names in the credits and that none of them were in it. It's like they're, they're oh, yeah. still <laughs> all these well, beautiful women well, from Baywatch listed in the credits. You're like, yeah, I don't. yeah. Donna Derrico. Like, yeah, she is like in a bunch in season yeah. one. Um, she one of the uh, Morlocks, maybe. <laughs> Special appearance as a Morlock, <laughs> the glamorous Donatierko, uh, Fan Morlock the, one. <laughs> the, the guy who plays uh, Garner in, in Baywatch, he's like a, a cop who rides a like a quad bike around the beach for many many seasons. He's in um, crap. What's the actor's name? He's in the Righteous Gemstones now. Anyway, he he had a prominent place in the first season of the show, and they they dropped his ass too. And I think they still even kept him in the credits for some reason. Comes back as a ghost. Quad ghost. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I it's did take point. one last clip. Oh, should I watch Quad Ghost? I would watch Quad Ghost for sure. Watch Quad Ghost for sure. So earlier, uh, Angie said she loved Mitch. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan's character name. And so now he uses that to like, like move in on her for not love, but casual sex. Because now he kind of holds all the cards. He's like, hey, now I know you're into me. And so uh, he starts to do some real sex pesty shit. And that's how they go out. Here it is. You really love me? 
go away. No, I'm not going to go away because if you really do love me, then we should make the most of the present and do something about it. I mean, we're going to die in the future. You did say you love me. I'm not giving up on this one. Now, come on. You said you love me. You did. I know. Maybe it was a moment of weakness. But you did. You said you love me. Sexual so coercion. Saxophone. Yeah. Ha ha. I'm laughing because it is so funny. Ha ha ha. I have many defenses for exactly this type of thing. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I recorded the whole song. We're going out on it. <laughs> I <love> it. <laughs> There's like that guy in the background with the saxophone during this yeah. whole part. And then it and really then a changes tone. And then a candle. And then a wolfman yeah, tea. Hasselhoff slipping through the steam. Emerging from the mist, David Passenhammer! Sexual trash ninja. <laughs> Superbird! Drowning no. werewolf. No Superbird, we're told. Forget Superbird! <laughs> Lost the budget for Superbird! <laughs> Special appearance by Superbird's <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Superbird the Erico. Pamela Anderson's omelet. I don't even know what that means. Like I said, I'm very sleepy. <laughs> I just thought maybe all the celebrities would have their eggs in the episode, like Superbird. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! the 9,000th annual Monster Dog Rally Supreme, the only monster truck rally where the trucks are also huge angry men and also hot dogs, plus at least one other thing, maybe more, always more, all your favorites are here, Three Finger Louie, the only truck that plays the blues, Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Chavo, Sworn Truck Enemy of Dr. Truckopolis, Unandy Armando Nava, Badger, the Feral Truck, that implies you can tame a truck, you can't, Benjamin Cyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock, the Truck Magician, what's that behind your ear? It's a truck! Brian Saylor, Brianne Whitney, Barry Tumat, the adult truck, a full-grown truck, Cyril, Rev, Chance McDermott, Chris Brower, Clementine Danger, the truck who sees a therapist, Curious Glare, Dan B, truck therapist, Dat FM Entertainment, Dean Costello, Donald Finney, Dr. Awkward, Dusty's rad title, three child trucks in a trench coat trying to sneak into 
this R-rated truck rally. Eric Spaulding, every zig, fancy shark. Jellaho, the whale hung truck, and the reason this truck rally needs an R rating. Greg Cunningham, Hambone, Haraka, Harvey Penguini, the hot truck. That's not a sex thing, it's overheating. Hot fart, the hot truck. Also not a sex thing, it's stolen. Honk, the hot truck. Who doesn't know it, so it's still pretty attainable. Jaber Al Aiden, Jet Oroski, Jim Salter, aka Dr. Truckopolis. John Dean, John Hector McFarlane, John McCammon, the truck who graduated college. John Minkoff, Joseph Searles, Josh Fabian, Josh Quicksall, the truck who's a billionaire. Not the driver, it's the truck itself. Josh S. Joshua Graves, Ken Paisley, K-N-M, M. Jahi Chappelle, knows Truck Jitsu. Mac Miserable is the only truck who knows how to counter Truck Jitsu. Matt Riley, Max Baroy, the man who swore revenge on all truck kind. Nobody tell him he's also a truck. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mickey Loman, Mike Stiles, AKA, Dr. Truckenstein. Moju, aka Truckenstein's monster. Truck. ND. Neil Bailey. Neil Shaper. Neku 104. The truck who's a man, who's a jungle cat, who's an urban vigilante, who's a little bit sassy. Nick Ralston. Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herps. Rachel. The Mood Truck. Don't assume you know what the colors mean. Pink is for destruction. Rhiannon, Sarkovsky, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception, Supernaut, the Funkadelic Truck who became lost in time and is now King of the Dinosaurs and prefers to be called King Funkalicious Truckosaurus Rex Third. Ted H, the coward truck who assassinated the great King Funkalicious Truckosaurus Rex III. Thomas Cavazos, Timmy Leahy, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, the only truck to discover a new type of cave salamander. Yosarian and featuring the truck sensation sweeping truck nation. Kids love it, moms want it, dads begrudgingly respect it, even if they'll never admit it. Come on down this Sunday and see the one and only Toasty God, the truck-eating truck.